From True Africa, I'm Claude Winitsky, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're asking, do presidents need term limits? If we've got a great president, why can't we stick with that person? I would not trade off democracy for governance. Term limits are a really good way of fostering a younger breed of leaders. Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests one question that matters to Africans. And, no surprise, they don't always agree. The Limitless podcast is supported by the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation. In 1990, very few countries in Africa had presidential term limits. And that's one of the reasons Nelson Mandela was so revolutionary. But when he stepped down after only one term in office, he meant to set an example. Many countries then wrote term limits into law. Others didn't. Yoweri Museveni has run Uganda since 1986. Paul Bia has been president in Cameroon for nearly 40 years. Paul Kagame could rule Rwanda until 2034. But many Rwandans voted and continue to vote for him. So the question of term limits really goes to the heart of what we Africans want and expect from politics and politicians. First up is Evan Lieberman, professor of political science and contemporary Africa at MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in the US. He spent a lot of time in South Africa looking at their political system. So Evan, do presidents need term limits? Uh- Well, thanks for the question, Claude. It's great to chat with you about these issues. Um, I think the answer is definitely yes. If we think about why, why would anyone not want to have term limits? Well, they might say, well, if we've got a great president, why can't we stick with that person? Um, Or we love the idea that someone's got a lot of experience. You know, shouldn't we stay with that? And, And it also might eliminate the problem of having short time horizon. So those are some of the reasons why presidents and their supporters give for not having them. But on the other hand, you know, if you don't have term limits, how can you ensure any alternation of power? How can you have governments that really represent broad set of interests and where you have an opportunity to remove a president who's not doing a good job? Because if they know that they can be there indefinitely, they will use the resources of the state in order to to make sure that they can remain in power. And although there are some exceptions, you know, for the most part, the really longstanding presidents in Africa have not done particularly well by African citizens. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say that uh, Museveni's record in Uganda is all negative, but he's been there just too long. But what about President Kagame in Rwanda? The referendum showed that actually the very large majority of Rwandans want him to stay forever. I hear that. I would say that, first of all, you know, the the record under Kagame is probably not as amazing as it might seem, partially because he's able to control the media and control how people view him in in ways that that is less the case in more democratic countries. But I also think that, you know, Kagame is, is, is maybe an exception on the African continent in terms of having been in power for a long time and still pretty you know, strongly focused on, on good governance. And I'm not saying that there aren't when, when you have something like a, a term limit, you may wind up losing a very good leader in favor of someone who is not as good. I mean, that's just the nature of alternating power. 
But for the most part, we think about how do we want to build rules and institutions? We want to build them in ways where we wind up with better outcomes most of the time. And so trying to set up rules around rare exceptions, I think, isn't a good idea. You've spent a lot of time in South Africa. Do you think that these term limits have actually been a good thing for the country? Well, here's the funny thing about South Africa. Now we're, we're coming up to close to 30 years since the 1994 election. And there hasn't yet been a single president who's even reached two full terms in office. There, there's an important reason for that. They have a parliamentary system in which uh, the, the president has been able to be removed by votes of parliament. You obviously had Mandela who came in and he voluntarily left. Um, but importantly, you had both Thabo Mbeki and Jacob Zuma um, who were removed from power early. Th there was no question about a, th a, a third term. But I think those are great examples of why constraining state power is important for the public, especially in the case of Jacob Zuma. Here was someone who was populist in his orientation, really all the evidence that comes out each day is frightening about how much corruption he was involved in. You know, almost certainly if he had had fewer constraints on his power, would have stayed in you know, government longer. But through democratic uh, procedures, in this case, he was removed from office and you wound up with someone who I think by all accounts is, a, is an individual of much greater integrity and authority, Cyril Ramaphosa. And, and so I think that's actually a great example of why alternation in power is so important. My second guest is Kawala. She has personal experience of doing politics in a country where term limits are not respected. The current Cameroonian president, Paul Bia, has been in power since 1982. And she was the first woman to stand for president in Cameroon in 2011. She lost. So, Ka, do presidents need term limits? I feel all presidents need term limits. <laughs> I don't even think it's an African question. Governance works better when we are able to alternate the people who are in power. Particularly in Africa, we need explicitly stipulated term limits in our constitution, and we need an African union that holds African presidents to the African Charter on Democracy and Good Governance, which explicitly states that a president in power should not change the constitution to maintain themselves in power. But what about people like, say, Kagame, who was overwhelmingly selected by his population, the citizens of Rwanda, to stay on pretty much forever? I think that we have to be very careful in any country where there's extremely restricted democratic space. If you live in a country where it is dangerous to express a, an opposing political view, so where you that you know saying something that's that's contrary to the opinion of people who are in power can land you in jail, can get you killed. Then no, I don't uh, accept the results of any public consultation because people are under duress. I live in a country, Cameroon, where supposedly my president was elected with um, uh, seventy percent of the. The vote, that's a complete misrepresentation 
of Cameroonian public opinion. You stood against Paul Biya in 2011. That was more than a decade ago. Did you think that he would still be in power today? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you had told me in, in 2011 when I was running against him, I, I would have taken you to an asylum. I would have said, you know, this person is really mentally ill and, and we, we need <laughs> to do something. At the time, at the time I'd only been in politics for three years. And I think that was my naivety in understanding how entrenched political power becomes over the years. And I think Mr. Bia, like a good number of heads of states in Africa, has transformed elections into a tool that keeps him in power. Um, dictators in uh, especially Central Africa, where I'm from, uh, have been extremely astute in transforming elections into a tool that maintains them in power. There is a case to be made that certain countries have done well, even though they did not have term limits for uh, presidents. I would not trade off democracy for governance. Democracy is the guarantee for sustainability in development. You know, we look at democracy, it is not just a notion, it's not just a concept. Systems that deliver goods and services to citizens function when you have other powers in the society that balance government. So when you have good trade unions, then you obtain good salaries for workers. When you have a, a strong judiciary that is independent of government, then you get justice, which is not dependent on uh, the government that is in power. And this is good for the citizen. And this is how you sustain good services for citizens beyond whoever is in power at a given point in time. Our final guest is Pearl Pillay from Johannesburg, South Africa. She heads up a think tank that works to encourage youth participation in politics and civil society. Here's our discussion. Do African presidents need term limits? I would say yes. Not just African presidents. I think all presidents need need term limits. But if we're speaking continentally specifically, yes, we do. I think we often get wrapped up, especially in politics, around personalities, right? And, and the idea that, you know, there's always going to be one man, as it's usually a man, who's going to be this big political savior and free our countries from whatever problems they face, right? And we build all our ideas of democracy and progress around that one person. And so in the absence of proper succession planning and thinking about what vibrant democracies look like, we often shoot ourselves in the foot if we say, you know, now we have to change presidents, right? And we, we often struggle to then think about what alternatives look like. And it, it, it doesn't bode well for democracies that are supposed to be vibrant and, and ever-changing. So definitely, um, I think our presidents do need term limits. Can you give us a specific example of something that you've noticed, a specific case that shows that term limits are not working and that there are major disadvantages to systems of term limits in, in, in countries? 
what what I've seen that hasn't worked is limitations around age. So if you think about Nigeria, they, they used to have a, a minimum age that you could be in order to run for president. And there was a fantastic youth movement called Not Too Young to Run that looked at kind of changing the legislation around that and, and decreasing the minimum age, right? Because the understanding was if you need to be 18 to vote, you should be able to run for president at that age. Well, that really is a beautiful segue into the question that I wanted to ask you around something you mentioned around youth leadership. Do you think that term limits can actually encourage more youth to get into political leadership? Absolutely. Um, so one of the the hats that I wear is um, as a, a national planning commissioner, um, and I'm the national planning commissioner responsible for youth development. And one of the big conversations we're having right now in South Africa, especially as we think about electoral reform and changing our electoral system to allow space for more independent candidates to run, I think it's a really good opportunity for young people to get not just involved, but taken seriously in the political space. And I think term limits are a really good way of fostering a younger breed of leaders, right? Even right now, if you if you, if you you look at it, you can serve two terms as a president, right? Our current president is already in his 70s. Um, I'm not comfortable with someone who's pushing 80, trying to be the president of a country. And so I think even the allowance of saying you can actually be a president for two terms is something that's best suited to younger people anyway. And so I think this idea of continuity, the idea of proper succession planning and capacity building in the political space is a really good opportunity for young people to be able to step up and, and be taken seriously. Because I, you know, I think we often have the misconception that young people are not interested in politics, and I don't think anything can be further from the truth, right? I think... We just operate within a system that says that you have to kind of wait your turn. We're not looking for simple answers on this podcast. We believe Africa's potential is limitless, but widespread political participation is key to fulfilling this potential. Some Africans love the idea of a strong man, but does this stability come at a cost? And what about a strong parliament, a strong civil society, a strong judiciary, and What about strong youth leaders? Democracy isn't easy. Its strength lies in building ties and pulling together. And that's the kind of power that really lasts. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. Join in the conversation using the hashtag LimitlessAfrica. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Brunitsky. The Limitless Podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Scene Fire Foundation.